Thank you for that uh, music service this evening. That was a blessing to hear those songs sung and sing those uh, hymns and choruses here together uh, at church. Um, <clears throat> very big blessing uh, to be here with you this evening. Uh, my name is, of course, as Pastor Carpenter said, Dan Armacost, but most people just know, know me here as Jennifer's husband, at least those that have been here for a while. So I thought it might take a minute, uh, those that are been here for a, a number of years may, may remember the Reinhardt family, and um, I, Jennifer is um, <clears throat> Milburn and Carolyn's uh, daughter, and um, so um, we um, met, Jennifer and I did, uh, while she was uh, a student at the college there, but uh, several years before that, um, her family, the Reinhardts, had moved in the mid-80s from southern West Virginia, uh, where a lot of their family was, and where they had grown up at, a lot of family roots there, They're, all their family roots were from there, and the Lord, in His providence, uh, placed them in northern Virginia, uh, so that, that was a culture shock for the Reinhardts, uh, the two boys and Jennifer, uh, and so right away, they, uh, Mr. Reinhardt began looking for a church, and visited several churches, and... Um, uh, we were talking this afternoon, uh, my wife and I, she said the first youth activity she was at was in the parking lot of the old building where Potomac Mills Mall is at now. And so they got here at that stage of, uh, uh, in the life of, of Heritage Baptist Church, and were there, I think there was a time where they were in the high school before they got onto this property here too. And so, um, you know, to be honest, uh, Heritage uh, was kind of a different type of church from what her, her folks were used to. And, uh, but, you know, her dad just said, you know, this is, the Lord's at work here. This is where the Lord wants us. We're going to, we're going to heritage and we're going to jump in. And the things that we don't understand now, we're going to let the Lord work in our heart. But in the meantime, we're going to jump in we're just going to be a part. And, uh, that's kind of the type of man <clears throat> that, um, my father-in-law uh, is and was, and so uh, as a result, um, I got to visit here a few times uh, through the years of, of uh, getting to know uh, my wife and um, visiting and meeting people and hearing her stories about how much Heritage Baptist Church and Heritage Christian School meant to her. So on her behalf, uh, I would just say this, if you're from that uh, one of the old timers, on her behalf, we say thank you very much. Uh, she was uh, reminiscing this afternoon. She's kind of even choked up about some of the people and what they meant to her so many years ago. And if you're not from that group, let me encourage you that um, this way. The investments that you make um, by your attendance and your involvement in, in, in church faithfully do not go unnoticed by young people. Uh, the investments and the sacrifice that uh, Heritage, Heritage Christian School is um, uh, will reap tremendous dividends. We, we rarely see the results of what we sow right away. We, we know that. Um, but <clears throat> as was taught or preached this morning, I forget which one, God is always at work. And our responsibility and our privilege is to serve Him now and leave those future results with Him. And so, for so many uh, people, I won't have time to say everyone, 
uh, but uh, very grateful for uh, for this place and for the uh, many memories that uh, came about uh, from it. Um, her dad worked in Arlington, so he got up early in the morning, tried to beat the 95 traffic, uh, but always made sure he got back down in time for the the, the visitation on Tuesday, the church on Wednesday, and men's prayer breakfast, I think, Saturday mornings. Uh, just it was a very uh, blessed uh, time for them. They've retired now and moved back to West Virginia. Uh, but uh, they're very grateful for all that uh, for all this church um, meant uh, in their lives growing up. Um, we, again, we're just talking on the way over. We, we, we doubt that... Um, probably doubt that Jennifer and her brothers would be serving the Lord the way that they are today without the influence of Heritage Baptist Church. And uh, uh, the pastors, the assistants, the teachers, all the way through. So thank you on our behalf, and let me encourage you to not be weary in well-doing, to be faithful uh, to the Lord, to the Lord's work here, uh, even when they're through the ups and downs, uh, be faithful and God will bless, and God will uh, see us, allow us to see that reaping in due time. So thank you for the privilege of being here, and uh, just generosity, the hospitality, uh, wonderful room, and the, the, the gift box that came with that, and the, the wonderful meals, and spending some time with Pastor and Mrs. Carpenter. It's been a blessing, and spending uh, yesterday evening, we thought a meal, a one-hour meal turned into three hours with the Cozes, so we still apologize for that. I looked down and I said, that was three hours. I thought it was one. Uh, but um, for many years, uh, Jennifer talked so much about Mrs. Coza and uh, had, had her as an example and uh, someone that was very special to her. And so we're grateful for the time that they were able to spend uh, together. And uh, Jennifer was fearful that her old basketball coach, Mr. Coza, Pastor Coza, was going to send her off into the gym to do some sprints. But so far... She's escaped that, um, but there's more time, Pastor Coza, if, you know, she acts up back there in the back, you know, you can have her run a few for old time's sake there, so, uh, but uh, <clears throat> it was a, a, a lot of wonderful uh, memories. We were married here in uh, uh, July of 95, that date luckily just came to me, uh, <laughs> we were married in the gymnasium auditorium. Right, moved the chairs out for the wedding. Moved them back in after somebody moved them back in afterwards. Uh, but that was the uh, era. That was wonderful uh, uh, memories and time uh, there. So um, blessed to see the Bischoffs uh, grew up in the same church, uh, church and school with Mrs. Bischoff. And uh, Eric was kind enough to be the best man of my wedding. And uh, we were visit, able to visit his mom and dad a few times back in the. Day and, and impress Mr. Bischoff with our great humor uh, abilities there. I don't know that he totally grasped the wonderful humor when we were 21 at your house there, but uh, we did our best effort uh, for that. So, actually, we apologize for that. <laughs> Please overlook those uh, that era uh, for us, and it's a blessing to see uh, Valerie and Amy Joe here, and uh, Amy Joe and Valerie uh, same. Uh, School class is one of my daughters, Juliana, and uh, Amy Joe's our uh, family's our neighbor. So we saw a lot, <laughs> saw a lot of the Braders uh, through the years there, and, and working with Valerie's dad in the bus ministry for many years has been a real blessing. So, um, 
Recently, uh, we shared with our church uh, what the Lord's been working in our heart on for about four years now. Uh, and so I'll share that uh, with you, Pastor Carpenter. If I could take a couple minutes and just uh, mention this here at the start. So uh, you can turn, if you'd like, to Romans chapter 12 in the meantime. But about four years ago, I had the privilege of visiting the country of Myanmar, also known as Burma, called the country with two names, uh, for the first time. And um, I was there for um, about a week and a half with my son, and we were able to spend uh, a fair amount of time uh, seeing some of the uh, ministries in the country, really some small independent Baptist churches pastored by national pastors that... um, really paid a price for the work that they did there. Um, Many of the churches were started when the country was still under the heavy military rule uh, that was in in place from about uh, 1962 till about 2010. Uh, We met uh, a lot of the several young men uh, there that are called to preach in the Bible Institute, and uh, we had a, a really blessed time. And I came back from that trip and and uh, I've been a lot of missions trips through the years, blessed to be able to do that, but this one was different, and I told Jennifer right away, this one was different. We got to do something to um, help this country, uh, the, the pastors that are there. To It was though there was a window of opportunity. Some might remember back in 89 when the, the, the Iron Curtain fell in Eastern Europe was a place, a lot of missionaries pled for workers to come into as an opportunity and it was similar, uh, similar to that was what was going on at that time in, in Burma. Uh, many years it was just a closed country uh, and because of the government and uh, the dictatorship followed by a military government. But that had slightly changed starting in about 2010. And, and you could see it. You could see the longing of the Christians there for help and missionaries to come. And so I came back and started praying and the Lord said, well, take a group of young men over there. So we set up a three, four week missions trip uh, to go to Burma and had lots of plans in place for that. Guys were signing up. I was really excited about that. And then March 2020 hit and put all of that on hold. Um, But that burden, that need never really left me. And so I've been praying about the need there, and, you know, it was just one of those things where the Lord wouldn't let me go, and he said, it's, it's, not, it's not other people, it's, it's you, it's you um, that I want there. And so he made that clear to me, I prayed for several months, then talked to Jennifer, and uh, we prayed together for several months, and um, now with our church has just completed a tran- time of transition and so we uh, plan to begin full-time deputation in May of this next school year. We'll be uh, finish out this uh, last year uh, at a place where we've been for counting college now for about, will be about 33 years. So it's been home for a long time and love the opportunity working in the college and teaching classes. I think for many people, it's a dream to be able to do that, influence young people, um, but uh, this is what the Lord has for us, and it's, uh, it's very clear to us. Um, because of the difficulty of getting into the country for many years, there's not a lot of U.S. missionaries there now. There's, there's a, maybe a handful of those that are in a, a medical-type uh, mission, um, maybe just a small group there 
um, aside from that. Um, it, it's, still a, it's still a very difficult place because uh, after COVID, in the middle of that, the military reasserted their power and they took back over. So you might hear occasionally in the news what's happening in Myanmar. It's, it's never good news. Um, but uh, the Lord's blessed with us to have a way in. And we look forward to working in the largest city uh, for the first uh, two, three years while we learn the language. Largest city is, uh, used to be called Rangoon, still sometimes is, but it's uh, Yangon, about 8 million uh, people, mainly Buddhist. There's some remnants of the work that Adoniram Judson did. So if you think of Adoniram Judson, this is the country where the Lord um, providentially directed him and he spent his life there. So he did plant many churches, many Baptist churches. So it's unique among the Southeast Asian countries that there are a number of Baptist churches there. However, um, those Baptist churches through the late 1800s, early 1900s, sort of followed the flow of the, the convention churches, the American Baptist convention churches here in the States where they adopted liberalism. And so there are a lot of uh, Baptist churches there with people following that as merely a religion. Uh, outside of that, there are Buddhist temples everywhere you turn, just like there were, have been for the last uh, several hundred thousands of years, I guess uh, you'd say. So um, <clears throat> we look forward to helping Pastor uh, Tong there in uh, Yangon, and he um, has a church um, with an orphanage uh, that he uh, oversees, about 40 young people. And again, orphans in these countries, they are, as I say, orphans indeed. There is no one else uh, for them. So he has taken that on as a ministry, and with that has uh, been able to establish an, an ACE Christian school through his church as well. The ACE, Christian education, happens to be something that is expanding rapidly in Southeast Asia. Jennifer and I were able to go to Bangkok and Burma back in May for a couple weeks, and we met with a man who uh, oversees all of ACE for Southeast Asia. He's extremely busy in Thailand and in Cambodia and the Philippines, and even in Burma at this time, these Christian schools are rapidly growing. And so there's a great opportunity to reach the next generation uh, at a young age through this. And there's an openness to uh, parents having their kids go to uh, a Christian school. Part of the reason is because, this is hard to believe, but since the start of COVID, um, the schools, the government schools in Burma have yet to meet. They have not met at all. And there is no nationwide internet access or iPads available for everybody to do online school at home. And so uh, it's just kind of a dire situation at the same time, a great opportunity. Uh, so we look forward to um, getting there. Um, <clears throat> we look forward to, we're praying for a measure of freedom in the country. That remains to be seen, whether that'll happen or not. Um, but uh, we're blessed to meet a number of believers that love the Lord and they're paying a price uh, for meeting and for their faith. Um, but uh, in a sense, um, a difficult place, but, it, but an open door at the same time and, and a needed uh, uh, place of service. So uh, we um, hope to uh, start in May 
and then finish by December and get over there at the end of December, 1st of January, uh, 2024 is our goal. Get right into working in the school, learning the language, and uh, helping teach these young men in the Bible Institute that want to go church, uh, plant churches um, in the, any number of needy places around the country. So we appreciate your prayer uh, for that, and uh, not something I expected or thought um, would be what would happen, and definitely not my wife when I dropped that bomb on her driving down the road. Hey, Jennifer, by the way, how about uh, moving to Burma? So she took it in good stride. She prayed about it, and she first said, are you serious? Because I have a tendency to, you know, be silly at times. Don't say amen too loud. Uh, and so uh, once she got past that, that it was serious, I'm grateful for her and her, uh, not just willingness to go, but excitement to go and, and be a part of this as well. So I uh, look forward to maybe taking our youngest son with us for the first little bit. And, uh, and our oldest three, uh, oldest is married now and uh, just had our first grandson, grandson grandchild here just uh, recently. Uh, but we look forward to uh, getting over there and uh, getting to work there in that field as the Lord leads. So thank you for that opportunity to share that with you. And, um, you know, uh, my dad spent several uh, months on missions trips when he was, uh, or se- several different times going on missions trips with our pastor of the Philippines as a kid, and I saw that. And um, I learned from Mr. and Mrs. Reinhardt, they loved missionaries. They would, first thing they did when they were empty nesters is take all of our money that we were supposed to inherit and go spend it on missions trips. I'm kidding, uh, but they did. Anyway, they, they, they started to go person by person, visit missionaries that Heritage supported and uh, built close relationships with them. And, um, and then they opened their home to house missionaries that were on furlough for months at a time. And so I'm grateful for that spirit of missions that uh, her family and, and my uh, family also put into us when we were young. So I think that's uh, a blessing, and I think that's uh, helpful for our establishing priorities in our home and with our, with our kids for sure. Okay, very quickly here this evening, I just want to share a few thoughts with you from Romans chapter 12. Um, <clears throat> this passage has always been my favorite passage in all of Scripture. Uh, during a time, several times in my life, including praying about the mission field, the Lord has taken me back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, when I was first praying about where to go to college, the Lord used this passage. When I was praying about uh, Jennifer being my wife and then going to work on staff, the Lord took me to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so for that reason, it's, it's, the, it's my favorite passage in Scripture. Um, it comes on the heels of a lot of interesting doctrine that uh, Romans starts out with. Romans 1 and 2 talk about the power of the gospel in the sinful world in which uh, we live. Romans chapters 3 through 6 talk about faith, justification, and the free offer of salvation. We often use some of those passages when we're leading someone to the Lord. Romans 7 and 8 talk about the battle that all Christians face, the battle between the flesh and the spirit. And then Romans 9, 10, and 11 go again into really the magnificence of God's eternal plan of salvation and how wonderful that it is. And beginning in chapter 12, it's as though the Holy Spirit says, now with that foundation, I'm going to give you some things about how to live. Here's some ways to live 
your life. Here's some practical ways to live in your dealings with others and in your service for God uh, in the church. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, call us to personal sacrifice. Present your bodies, a living sacrifice. And then verses 3 through 8 explain that in a church, God has a unique purpose and position and plan for everyone. Uh, God's uh, gifts members in the church for areas of service. And that was encouraging to know that not all of us have the same gifts or abilities or talents, and the Lord knows that. But we all have a place to serve uh, in the church. And then, starting in verse 9, there's a series of short practical applications about how to live out this wonderful doctrine of salvation in our everyday lives uh, in the church as well as with others. And so, I'd like to pray and share with you this evening quickly five uh, ways to serve God in the church from the second half here of Romans chapter 12. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. We do ask God that you would bless our time here in your word. We're thankful for it. Lord, we're thankful for Heritage Baptist Church. Lord, you know the blessing that it's been in um, my wife's life and Lord, by extension, mine. We're thankful for each one here. I do pray, Lord, you'd bless the start of school and all that goes into that, the outreach ministries, the fair ministry. Lord, seeking to reach this area with the gospel. We thank the Lord for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the midst of this chapter, verse 11, we have this uh, phrase that ends the verse. It says, serving the Lord. And so around this statement, serving the Lord, are found several ways that a Christian can serve God. These are simple statements. And I'm grateful for a dad that found a church to serve the Lord in. And he got to First Baptist Church in Belpre, Ohio when I was about four It was a young church just starting, and he found out that they needed bus drivers. So he was a Sunday school bus driver and loved driving that bus for many, many years. He knew that there were sign-up sheets in the back to cut the church grass sometimes on Saturday. So he signed his name and my name beside that sign-up sheet, and we came out and cut the grass. And he had a car repair shop, a Midas muffler shop. He owned a couple of those. And so he just made a habit throughout all of his years there, when he was a member, that he would repair the pastor's car free of charge. And any visiting evangelist or missionary that had any car trouble, he would repair repair that car free of charge if he heard about it. And all the church buses, he would figure out a way to get those fixed and not charge anything for that. And so it was just a blessing to see that wasn't burdensome to him. He enjoyed doing that. It was a way to serve the Lord. And this giving, even though it cost time and money and was laborsome and some t- at some points, he did it joyfully. And uh, it, he just loved serving the Lord in that church, and, and I'm thankful for that. And, and I think similarly here, when I think of uh, Jennifer's mom and dad, uh, that Lord moved them from West Virginia to Northern Virginia, but they found a church to serve in. And uh, not many conversations that we had uh, back then went far without talking about something going on at Heritage and what that... Uh, was he was a deacon? I remember him uh, gathering together in the foyer for Tuesday night visitation. Everybody standing together, squeezing in the foyer and dividing up the visits. And boy, if we came here to visit them, it wasn't like we were sitting at home during that time. No, up we go, everybody. We're going to visitation. That's not my church. That we're going to visitation. And one night, I know he won't remember this, but um, we got put with Pastor Tangeman, and we're out. Vis- I, we're knocking on doors somewhere around here. It looks different now. 
but uh, he said, I'm going to get you guys some hot chocolate from McDonald's when we're done. So we go through McDonald's drive-thru. He goes, I want, uh, I forget, there's eight of them. We're all piled in the car. Eight hot chocolates. Um, we, we don't have any hot chocolate. No hot chocolate? We're out of here. And whoop, he peeled right on out of that drive-thru there. So I don't know why I remember that, but I'm like, yeah, that's a way to put your foot down. No hot chocolate? We're out of here. So... Yeah, just serving the Lord is fun. It's enjoyable. I mean, just being with God's people and uh, taking something that, uh, you know, we're doing and, and doing it with joy. And I uh, remember uh, those times and getting here on a Saturday morning for men's prayer meeting. And it was just a joyful time. And that's an example of serving the Lord. And so in our passage here, there's several things, I think, that help us learn to serve the Lord uh, in the right way in our church. Number one is verse 9. In verse 9, we have a phrase which says, let love be without dissimulation. Let love be without dissimulation. Now, that word dissimulation has the idea of being fake or feigned or not being real or genuine. So, serving God, number one here, we serve God single-mindedly. This allows our love for God and service to Him to push aside distractions in establishing serving God as a priority. And I think if we don't do that, sometimes other priorities can come in and squeeze service for the Lord out. But loving the Lord and letting our love be real and genuine lets us be single-minded about this service for the Lord. James says... A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So I do think that uh, when we're uncertain or double-minded about serving the Lord or when serving the Lord is more optional rather than done out of privilege and responsibility and consistently, which we'll get to in a minute, then um, we lose the joy of serving the Lord. Uh, you know, it's as though uh, being single-minded, being zeroed in, uh, you maybe have uh, tried as a husband to do two things at once, like answering a text and having a conversation with your wife. That's not wise. That's not recommended. I don't know of any marriage counselor that would say, good job. Yeah, I really recommend what you want to do is sit down and answer some texts while you're having a conversation with your wife. That doesn't go over real well. Why? Because they can see real quick. All right, just let me know when you're done texting that person, then we'll pick up this conversation later because we all like undivided attention. Boy, I think the Lord, with regard to our service, deserves our undivided attention, not with dissimulation, single-mindedly. That's one way to serve the Lord. We, several years ago, were at the U.S. Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We got a little tour of that facility Pretty impressive, but one thing that stood out to me is in the gymnasium there, one of the gyms, there's a sign that says, when you're in the gym, be in the gym. It's a simple statement, but they wanted those athletes trained for the Olympics. Listen, when you step in the gym, you're all in. And I think that bodes well that we carry that over to the Lord's service as well. Serving the Lord, be all in. Be all in our service for the Lord. So... When we consider the truth of the salvation that's discussed in Romans 1 through 11, that's motivation 
to be single-minded about our service for the Lord. So great salvation. Number two, literally verse 10. Number two in verse 10, I say, uh, I call this uh, serving God selflessly, selflessly. Verse 10, there's a statement, reads this way, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Paul later uh, said, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And after that, he goes right into Jesus Christ as our example of someone who put others first in his life. Jesus, the servant, the Good Samaritan, is a Bible illustration of this truth. The Good Samaritan did what? He offered up his time for others. The Good Samaritan offered up his money for others. The Good Samaritan overlooked a racial barrier in order to serve others. There's a a quote by a famous man that uh, has been in our house for a long time. Here's the quote, and I'll tell you who gave it to us. Being Being a blessing is never convenient. The famous quote from none other than the one and only Milburn Reinhardt. My wife's dad said that all the time. Being a blessing is never convenient. Well, I think about this idea of serving God selflessly means we will sacrifice some measure of convenience in order for that to happen. We have Jesus Christ as our example in that goal to serve the Lord selflessly. We teach the kids the, the song, Jesus, Others, You. What a wonderful way to spell joy. So others, first, serving God selflessly is a way to serve the Lord in a church. Number three, verse 11 says this, not slothful in business. So I say this here, serve God consistently. Not slothful in business. The Bible portrays a slothful man not as a guy who just didn't like activity, but a guy who didn't like consistent activity or he didn't like to finish the job. Proverbs says the slothful man, what roasteth not that which he took in hunting. He liked to hunt. He liked to get out there and go, and but he didn't want to finish all the way through. When the work got hard and less exciting, uh, that's when he backed out. And so here, serving the Lord consistently, not slothful in business. Uh, The Bible urges us to be consistent in our Christian life and in our service for the Lord. The Bible says pray without ceasing. It's difficult, I think, for us to obey that command without a definite time and a good prayer list that we have, that we go to regularly, serving the Lord consistently. The Bible says, let your light so shine. Also, helpful to have a definite time and place where we go and and do an outreach for uh, for the Lord uh, and being consistent to to that. And so, consistency can be furthered. Serving the Lord consistently and with consistency can be greatly furthered when we allow ourselves to be accountable to others. And I think being faithful to church, being faithful to the activities of the church is a way to be accountable and to show up and to be there and to be able to serve the Lord consistently. Not slothful in business, why? because it's the Lord's business that we're talking about. Uh, he deserves our best. He doesn't deserve slothfulness in it or inconsistency in it. We had to put him first. Quickly here, number four, verse 11, also says, fervent in spirit. 
Fervency is the opposite of coldness. Fervency in the spirit. So our point here is serve God urgently. In the Sunday school class this morning, Pastor Tangeman mentioned that the Lord might come back before the evening service. And he could have had he chose to. He may come back before this service is over. And that idea of the imminent return of Christ prods us to serve the Lord urgently, um, fervently. The hymn we uh, sing says, a work for the night is coming. There is a night uh, after which none of us will ever serve the Lord on the earth in this capacity ever again. Serving God urgently. We reveal our understanding of how important a task is by the urgency that we attend to it. Lastly, verse five, uh, uh, verse 12, number 5, verse 12 says this, rejoicing in hope. I want to leave you with this thought, serve God happily. That was a lot about this morning's message was in there. How do we live a happy life? Um, Psalm 1-1 talks about that. The Bible here says rejoicing in hope. Hope is a beautiful word because it's a word that is an attribute of God. The Bible says God is the God of hope. Hope always looks forward, always looks ahead, allows us to forget the things that are behind and look forward. And we're so grateful that God allows us to do that and helps us to do that. We remember Paul and Silas Serve the Lord with rejoicing when they were in prison there in Philippi. And um, <clears throat> I guess if we're all honest, there are times in our life when our joy gets diminished a little bit. and Our happiness uh, isn't what it once was. I think we all face times like that. And sometimes those times are deep and longer uh, than other times. Sometimes... Our joy for the Lord might be, it feels like it's down to just a little flicker. Um, But I want to encourage all of us here that even when our joy seems lost, God can restore our joy. He, uh, David prayed to God at a very dark time in his life, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I believe that the Lord did There are times circumstances can't be changed, but our joy can yet be restored. God is a God of hope, and in this hope, we can find rejoicing. Hope in God's promises is something that no circumstance, however dark or dire, can ever take away. We can have our hope in the Lord. And so, this evening, just a few questions. Have I allowed things to distract me from my service for the Lord? I've been distracted. Do I have an others first mindset about serving the Lord? Is my service for God consistent? Both my witness for Him and my walk with Him. Have I lost the urgency that I once had about the Lord's work? And lastly, is my service for the Lord marked by happiness and joy? I do know this, that happiness and joy is something that can really spread. It can spread between a couple, 
It can spread in a home to the children, and it can spread among fellow believers in the church. That spirit of happiness and joy is difficult uh, for the devil to fight against. It's a great armor for this day. Lord, let me serve. Lord, let me follow. Give me a place and a purpose to fill. Teach me to serve. Teach me to follow. I want to do thy will. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this evening, this time together here in church. We pray, Lord, as we have opened your word and seen some ways that you encourage us and admonish us to serve you. I pray that we would take the time, examine our lives, examine our hearts. Lord, that we might serve you with all that we have, love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that our service for you could be fruitful. May it be a priority. May we understand the importance. May we understand that this world desperately needs Christians who are faithful and joyful in their service. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would stand together at your seat, we'll have a time of invitation. Maybe the Lord's dealt in your heart in some way with regard to your service for the Lord. Maybe He wants you to examine that and think about it. Maybe you're here this evening and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let me encourage you to come forward and get that matter settled. You could leave today knowing where you will spend eternity. Nothing more important than that. The invitation is open. Again, we'll pray. The conclusion of the prayer, you come. Lord, thank you for this evening. Bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.